Hi everyone, and welcome to the last episode of season two of Slow Stories. Summer is just around the corner and I can't believe how quickly time has flown, but I hope you've enjoyed every minute of these inspiring conversations just as much as I have. While this episode may be the last, it's certainly not the least, and to kick things off, hear from Avery Cox, an Austin-based interior designer who shares how a photo series she stumbled upon inspired her to slow down and dive deeper into her creativity. Here's Avery. My name is Avery Cox, and I am an interior designer in Austin, Texas. Something that recently made me slow down and stop scrolling was a photograph of four African women wearing long mustard-colored dresses and headscarves floating on their backs clutching large white plastic jugs with red caps surrounded by the turquoise water of some equatorial ocean. The color from the image is what caught my eye initially, and as I continued to stare at the arresting photograph, I began to notice the serene look on the women's faces. I was so struck by this tension between fear, joy, freedom, and restriction, and while I know my reality is starkly contrasted to the lives of these women, there was something universal about what the image was stirring in me. As I read more about this series by photographer Anna Boyazis, I was amazed by the story of these young women learning to swim in the Indian Ocean and all that was overcome to allow it. I am so thankful that Anna pursued this project with such determination so that we can not only be mesmerized by the striking beauty she captured, but also to be made aware of the meaningful and life-saving work of this project. I discovered the image on Memorial Day weekend, the start of summer, and I couldn't help but stop what I was doing and join my sisters on the other side of the globe in the joyful act of swimming. I headed to Barton Springs for a dip, and all the while thought of those beautiful women bobbing in the salt-laden ocean and imagining the freedom they must have felt as they experienced weightlessness for the first time. The series titled Finding Freedom in the Water by Anna Boyazis documents the work of the Panje Project in Zanzibar and is nominated for a World Press Photo Award. You can view the series on her website, annaboyazis.com, and I hope you are as inspired by them as I was. Thank you so much again to Avery for sharing. Again, the photographer she referenced is Anna Boyazis, and the series is Finding Freedom in the Water. Now, here's my conversation with Tanya Taylor. The vibrancy and artistry of Tanya Taylor's vivid and dynamic collections have established her as one of the most sought-after contemporary designers in the world. But beyond fashion and aesthetics, Tanya is also quickly becoming known for leading the charge and building a brand that has true heart. With her universal mission to create clothing that allow modern women from all walks of life to live colorfully, I found Tanya to be an embodiment of this notion herself when speaking with her for this interview. Furthermore, Tanya's passion, honesty, and singular focus on creating a brand for real women has laid the groundwork for her and her team to tell stories that have real longevity. In this interview, we spoke more about what slow content means to Tanya, along with the importance of inspiring and maintaining sustainable relationships. She's truly the perfect person to end the season with. 
So without further delay, here's my conversation with Tanya Taylor. Our mission is um, to inspire women to live in color. And I think that can encompass a lot of different things. I think obviously I created a brand that's focused on hand-painted prints and optimism and a lot of color and a lot of femininity. But I also think that we've matched the intention of what we're creating in collections to also what we're trying to storytell to women. And we believe that living colorfully can be, you know, caring about your community, caring about philanthropy, um, expressing who you are, being entrepreneurial. So I think we're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg of becoming a brand that can mean a lot in different women's lives. Absolutely. And I guess just looking back at your collective experience in the fashion industry, how would you say your relationship to design has evolved or intensified as you've gained your creative perspective? Well, I started my undergraduate degrees in finance. And I think that that's such a, it's a fascinating place to come from because you're thinking about a business or a corporation, but you're not necessarily thinking about a customer or a person behind your decisions. Um, and then when I moved to New York and I went to Parsons and I worked for Mary Kate and Ashley Olson at Elizabeth and James when they were first starting that brand, I was very interested in the emergence of contemporary fashion at that time. It was one of the first contemporary brands in 2007. And the consideration of what women really wanted to wear, how they wanted to feel, what price point felt like it fit within their lifestyle. Um, all of that has definitely influenced my design philosophy. And I think that that's what excites me most is I never want to spend time creating something that doesn't have a place to live in many people's lives. And that's just made me realize that's helped me kind of hone in on what my price point and what my aesthetic should be. Yeah, definitely. I think now we're all collectively kind of moving into a space where value and sustainability across the board really takes precedence in the kinds of businesses that we're building. And this is something we're taking a position on at my company, Connected Editorial, um, including this podcast. And it's really come to life after the conversations that I've been having with other brand builders regarding their own challenges and finding a happy medium between brand storytelling and publishing content frequently, but yet having it still maintain value and quality and purpose. So as I personally watched your brand storytelling evolve, it seems that you've also shifted gears a bit and have infused a lot more conscious narratives in the overall Tanya Taylor brand story. So tell me a little bit more about that shift and subsequently what this idea of slow content means to you in the context of what you're building. Yeah, I think the I think the shift has been from a personal instinct more than a business strategy. And we are choosing to kind of stand for something in all different choices we have, whether it's partnership or product or who we're speaking to, because it feels necessary. And I think that in a in an industry that obviously creates a lot, I think the way we feel proud of what we're doing is by creating meaning and being really conscious about everything that we're doing from the inside out. Um, so slow content to me is thoughtfulness and it's thinking through why we choose to do everything we do. 
And would you say there was a particular turning point when you really started to feel at home with this idea? Because fashion overall is a pretty fast-moving industry, so I'm sure navigating that balance between keeping up with the expectations of the industry versus what feels right can be challenging at times. I've always struggled with telling people that I'm a fashion designer because I didn't know what that really was, and I wasn't necessarily sure of why anyone would be respectful of that because it just it, it felt a little bit, um, I don't know, like vapid in a way. And I think the turning point for me was when I felt like I could sit down at a dinner and tell someone all the things we were working on that weren't traditional and they were thinking outside the box and they were, you know, whether it's extended sizing of, you know, offering the brand from size zero through 22 or choosing partnerships like Memorial Sloan Kettering. All of those choices have made me feel like anyone on this team can put their heart into what we're creating. And there's actually a really great kind of business response to it. And there's a, there's been an incredible kind of um, growth that's come from us pursuing what we feel is right. Yeah. And I'm sure it just makes your vision seem a little bit more sustainable in the long run since it is so considerate of the values that you and the brand stand for. And I think there's a lot of consideration to like what the life cycle of our product is. Like, I think, you know, we're not creating staples for your closet that are going to be gone in four months or t-shirts or anything that's like kind of um, unnecessary. I think we're, we're creating highly emotional product that somebody commits to. And from our experience with customers, they keep forever. And I think that there's a really strong kind of sustainable element to how we become part of their lives and change with them. Definitely. Do you actually remember the first piece you designed and do you still have it? I still have it. And yes, it, um, it was, it was funny though. I don't, it was a, it was a funny choice for a first design, but it was, um, a print that I painted and it was a button up blouse and half of it was black and half of it was print. And, Mm. um, I can't say it fits so well, um, but it was in our first collection. We showed it at New York Fashion Week, and Rashida Jones actually wore it to host a Comedy Central event like the next week. And I remember, I remember thinking, "Wow, that was so easy! Like, is this just what happens? You create clothes and celebrities wear them? Like, I had no idea." And now, seven years later, I realize it's absolutely not so easy. And um, but it kind of was the beginning of us working with really smart really funny women who understood just that our brand was, you know, meant to make them feel more powerful. That's amazing. And it makes sense because I think a lot of modern women connect with the brand just based on the fact that you really are showing the heart and the human elements and the artistry behind each of the products. And I know I personally love seeing the behind the scenes videos of you painting the prints on Instagram. So I'm wondering why you think sharing these slower moments has become so essential in this really rapid, fast paced digital landscape. I think it's, it's becoming more and more rare. I think that um, it's also what brings joy to a lot of people that work here. Like the, the prints are, you know, I used to paint them solely and now we have a print designer who also paints them and, I think our customer hears that we paint our prints, but wants to see it. And I think it, it gives value to what they're buying from us when they can buy from 
other brands that are less expensive. And it's, it's important for us to show the integrity of, you know, why, like what we're creating and also the thought process behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. And just based on how you approach design, how is that kind of sustainable thought process translated into more sustainable initiatives across the entire brand from business to content to product and so on? I think we look at it as kind of a holistic approach to making sure that we are, again, being really thoughtful and really efficient with all of our decision making. So if it's, you know, understanding that we are what our inventory levels are, what we're doing with excess fabric, how we can use excess fabric to create even more impact with the customer, whether it's through like scrunchies and headbands and like different products that we can use that for. I think that it's, it's just looking at, you know, the decisions we make from the beginning of design and how, you know, there's a lot of sustainability conversation around reusing patterns and the waste that comes from creating new patterns each season and repeating bodies that work, but in new fabrication. So I think it's, it's kind of an analysis of efficiency within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that this is all case by case, depending on the brand. And so I'm wondering if you have any advice for designers who may be listening, who are also looking to streamline that process. Usually if you feel like you're not doing something the most straightforward way, you're not doing it the most straightforward way. So I always feel like when I first started, I I didn't know how things should be done, but I also didn't know enough that I should trust my gut. And I would just suggest trying to find the straightest road to the path you're trying to take. Like the complicated choices you can make in this industry that can sometimes um, distract you can lead to being a really inefficient company or creating product that creates a lot of waste. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation, but generally I'm also seeing fashion as a whole embrace this slower approach in both product, but also community building too. And I think since we're predominantly talking about slow content in this context and slowing down our consumption, there's been this overall return to offline and fostering in real life connection. And I know for you, this has become a big component for the Tanya Taylor brand and experience. So tell me a little bit more about how you've embraced that and why you think this is generally so essential when we want to create sustainable relationships and brands in 2019. Well, I think that when we first started, we were really dependent on wholesale and you know, we are still, but I think what we have realized is that there's a huge benefit in terms of the reach of customers that you are able to speak to through wholesale. But one thing that you can miss is the direct communication and understanding of who your customer is and being able to have just a simple conversation about what they like and dislike about, you know, your collection, a certain dress, where they wore it. And we were, we were increasingly realizing that that feedback was incredibly valuable to the design process. So what we started doing was um, after five years of showing in New York Fashion Week, which was fantastic in terms of telling a story, but I think what it, it, the boundary it presented was that I was standing behind a curtain looking at a screen watching, you know, 200 people take their seats at a runway show, and I just didn't get to talk to anybody. And I didn't get to understand 
how people interpreted a collection, what their favorite pieces were. And I felt like I just, you know, created this beautiful baby and everyone was adoring it or not adoring it. And I needed to know, I needed that, I needed that conversation to be more open. So we decided um, to start hosting a women in conversation luncheon and I wanted it to feel really personal. So I ended up hosting it at my apartment. And I wanted to bring 15 women from the industry and 15 entrepreneurs who were women that either wore us and were big fans of us, or maybe women that we wanted to wear us. And we wanted that customer to be part of our profile and have them all wear the new collection and be able to stand up and speak to the businesses they're starting and see all this diversity of age and entrepreneurship and kind of profession wearing our clothes. And I think that it was a really powerful way for the 15 people in the industry that joined us to really put a face on the brand and a face that's not defined by something that felt too stylized. It felt really approachable and it felt really um, different than what other brands were doing. It was a very honest way of looking at it. And from, from a design perspective, like it's the coolest thing to be able to design a collection send pictures of it to 15 women and have them like come back and be like, Ooh, I want to wear the pink dress. And then they come to the luncheon and one girl has sneakers on and another one has like big chunky platforms. And one, you know, has car service. The other one rode a bike. Like you start to get into their minds and understand their lifestyle and see how your brand fits into it. That sounds so fun. And I'm sure generally creating spaces like this inspire real conversation and feedback, which is so important. And kind of continuing with that idea, I'm not sure if you agree, but I think another element of this need to slow down and really create spaces like this, especially when we're talking about content and kind of unplugging, is that social media has become a platform that can really create an element of performance, especially for high profile founders or designers. And so I'd love for you to kind of expand on that in terms of what your thoughts are in setting boundaries and what you choose to share at these luncheons or in general with your customer community. Yeah, I think that social media has given a tool to talk to people. But with that, it also gives an expectation that you should talk about everything. And I, I don't feel that way. I think I, you know, my son's never been on our Instagram. Like I'm not, I'm not, there's no reason why I need to share like what I'm cooking and eating and how I'm playing with my son. Cause to me, that doesn't really, it doesn't inform our customer more about what we're creating. It's, that's too personal in my, from my perspective of how I use social media, but I, I think that it has given me the tool to show how, what I like, how I wear things or how people in the office wear things and how, you know, today we just filmed like our e-com manager walking through new product that's hitting the website and showing her personal point of view of what she loves. And I think kind of revealing that direct communication with people has allowed us to unlock feeling like we're really approachable to them and that they can ask us questions and that we are, you know, we're here as real people. And I think that that's, that's important, but yeah, from a founder's perspective, I think I, I like to focus our social media really on what we're creating as a brand. 
And do you find that since you do have such a diverse audience that they challenge you to engage with what might be considered sensitive conversations or issues? And on the flip side of that, how do you look at content generally as a way to start conversations that are inclusive of the interests of the Tanya Taylor brand community? Yeah, well, I think it's important that we're always authentic in you know the stand that we're taking. And we're aware that like everyone's not always going to agree with our positions. Um, and the brand always focuses on supporting women. So when I think there are causes around, you know, LGBTQ or women's reproductive rights or politically in the last couple of years, um, an opportunity to say what we believe in, we've definitely stood for that. And I think that that's maybe what also makes us different because we're not part of a big corporation where we need to, you know, limit or feel um, concerned about our, you know, our limitations of free speech or what we believe in. And we kind of just take a temperature as a team and understand what the whole team feels like so that whatever we're saying reflects the company. That's amazing. And I'm sure it creates a sense of camaraderie. And I think too, that having the community team-led approach allows everyone the space to have these honest conversations and to slow down and really think about the questions that need to be addressed. And so I'm wondering if there's any one question that you hope people, whether that's a customer or someone on your team, ask you more often as the brand generally continues to develop. I always think that there's there's a question, and this is one that I don't have an answer for because it's a question that like I think grounds me and probably slows me down, is what do you want people to remember in 10 years? And in, you know, whether you have the company, whether you don't, but what are the meaningful moments that we're creating now that will be long lasting and will make an impact in people's lives? And I think that that sometimes helps me slow down you know, rushing into things that don't feel quite right or not carving out enough time to think about who our partners are going to be or what, you know, what the growth of the company is going to be. And that, that sometimes makes me feel like this is a, it's a, I'm here for the long, like the long game of it. And I want this to feel like a really important life moment of what we're doing here that should always have purpose. Definitely. And just as you said that, I'm now also wondering if there's any one question that you hope customers of the brand ask one another regarding purpose and community. Hmm. I'm always like ask each other. I, I like that. Why? Um, I always am wanting women to articulate to us why why they feel more powerful wearing a piece of our clothing. Like, I think there's, there was a great image on social media a couple of weeks ago of a mom who had a new baby and she was holding up the baby in this like beautiful light pink flare dress. And there was this like blissfulness in that image and the, like her picking that dress for that moment in her life. Like, I understand how you want to feel your most beautiful. And like, I would, I love customers to talk more to each other about like the whys of like why certain things, I don't know, were their pick or what, what it meant to them or what the memories are they have in certain pieces. And I think someone said like, you build a good brand when you're in the photos framed in someone's house. And like, I love the idea that someone's wearing us to special moments in their lives. Like they're wearing us 
to their engagement party, their rehearsal dinner, their baby showers, like those moments. And then our participation is like, I would love more visibility. <laughs> I love that too. Maybe that can be your next prompt at the next Women in Conversation luncheon. Yeah, that's a good idea. Amazing. I hope to see that all come to life. And in the meantime, there's obviously so much more we could dig into in this conversation alone. But for this interview, I want to close things out with one final question that's become very central to these conversations. And that is, why do you think slowing down a relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? I think when we slow down, um, we give ourselves space to feel clarity. We give ourselves space to prior like focus on what really matters um and to me like having less content means having less clutter and that can be mentally and i think that is such an important part of this industry is having perspective and having space to be creative and having space to make the right choices and there you have it for a virtual sneak peek into Tanya's colorful world, be sure to follow her at Tanya Taylor on Instagram and of course online at tanyataylor.com. That's a wrap on season two of Slow Stories. Thank you so much again for listening to our first full season ever. We'll be back soon with announcements regarding our season three launch. And if you'd like to get involved or partner with us in any way, please reach out to me at rschwartzman at thestyline.com. I'm Rachel Schwartzman and have a wonderful summer.